0: Five, four, three, two, one.
1: I don't even know what's happening. I'm in sport mode, and you're gonna
0: And Just exactly how awesome was
1: that? The mighty mighty Nissan GTR. Got the Mustang, the Camaro, the Challenger, the Corvette, the Viper. America.
0: Damn, I forgot the bananas.
1: I love this one. Bang, crash, boom! Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday. And after one week off, the Topspeed.com podcast is back. Hello, boys, girls, all you beautiful people. Welcome to the Topspeed.com podcast. Topspeed.com is your internet at home for all the crazy, cool, and amazing things that are automotive based. If it has a wheel, motor, moves, goes room, we like it. Mm-hmm. Joining me today is Mr. Justin Coupler. Hi, Justin. How are you?
0: I'm doing okay. I feel like I've been off for about ever. My God, I was on vacation, and, and everyone's gone, and took two weeks off for me, I think.
1: It's been 100 weeks off, it seems. Yeah. Also joining us, who was here last week, unlike Justin, is Mr. Mark McNabb. Hi, Mark. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Yeah, well, I, I feel the same
2: way. Like I, we, haven't, we didn't do the podcast last week, and I took one vacation day this week, and it's just been a whirlwind, and I, I'm ready to get back
1: to normalcy. And I worked a lot of vacation time, because I was on vacation last week, and so it's, yeah. Well, it's I'm so disappointed. Good. I'm disappointed
2: in you, Christian. You were like 10 miles from me, and you didn't come say hi. I was no, not he, 10 he, miles
1: he, from you. He not
0: late, you and I. He went right between us and just kept on going.
1: Right. I take oh. the turnpike, which means I'm like an hour from each of you. Holy yeah. crap, dude. What do you like, spend like
2: $1,000 getting from Miami to Jacksonville?
1: No, it's only like $18, because I have a SunPass. Okay.
0: You know, the man it. doesn't even live in Florida yet. He has a sun pass.
1: I don't even. Have I on. go to Florida every <laughs> single year, sometimes <laughs> twice. And the quickest way there is down the turnpike. I know that there's an exit every five miles, or a service station every five five miles. They're always well lit. The bathrooms are always clean. They're always open. Gas is quick and easy to get, and food's cheap. So I can make quick stops and just blister on down. Fair enough. <sighs> Plus, not that I would ever condone the act of speeding, because that is against the law, um, it does traditionally seem like there is far less law enforcement on the turnpike than there is on I-95 or I-75.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll say, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're never on the turnpike.
1: <laughs> like, you know what,
0: you're paying, just go.
1: Right, that's uh, essentially, like, they're getting their tax money to pay for the road one way or the other. I just prefer I pay to it pay it, it in... Oh, please... <laughs> Yeah, so I just I just prefer to pay it in an $18 chunk to be on the road than a $180 chunk to be driving fast on the road. <laughs> well then, I guess that's true. Anyway. So, yeah, I went to Florida. I had a vacation. It was great. Now I'm back, and we're all back. Um, oh, oh. We're going to go ahead. Oh, I, one quick thing before we jump into Weekly Wheels. It is automotive-based, so there you go. Um, A quick congratulations to Mercedes-Benz. Their Formula 1 team has just scored their first ever world championship title as a constructor. Um, There are three races left in the season, but Mercedes has already wrapped things up in the bag, even with a double points championship on the last race. So, bravo, good job to Mercedes. Uh, Congratulations to them. It is a little weird how it's their first win, because technically this team used to be Braun, which I think used to be Honda, which used to be... Somebody else, and those teams have wins, but as Mercedes-Benz, and it's Mercedes-Benz Patronus, this is their first ever Constructors' Championship, A so good job, guys. All right, now let's jump into Weekly Wheels. Uh, we're going to start with Mr. Mark McNabb, who has been driving a <clears throat> Lexus, and it's a good one.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I had fun with this car. Uh, I actually got to take it on a little bit of a road trip, so um, that was exciting. I had the GS350 F-Sport. And I've spent a considerable amount of time in other F-Sport cars before, but this one was really nice because I feel like it kind of it blended like the whole luxury sedan slash sports sedan really well together, and it seemed like it was just uh, it, was, it was a good all-rounder car. So, I mean, you look at it, and it's completely, um, you know, typical Lexus. It's got that 3.5-liter V6 making that standard 306 horsepower and 377-pound-feet of torque. Um, got that, uh, the nice eight speed transmission in it. It's got nice, big comfy seats with power, everything, moonroof, loads of room in the back, loads of room in the trunk. It drives really nice. It's got that really familiar steering wheel. So, I mean, it's, um, you jump in the car, at least for me, and it's like being home again. Uh, it just feels very, uh, very comfortable, nice and easy to, uh, to manipulate all the Lexus Inform navigation stuff, so, like, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, um, it did everything really well, except for get awesome gas mileage. Um, it got decent. I mean, the sticker puts it at uh, 19 City 29 Highway, and I was getting, like, 24. So... Did you do mostly highway driving with it, or...? Um, really, it was kind of mixed. I guess overall, in the scheme of the mileage, it would have been mixed pretty well. But um, most of it, except for two days of it, was all city kind of highway. Um, so then again, I was mostly in normal or in sport or sport plus mode versus the eco mode, which, you know, that would have been the way to get the 29
1: MPG highway. So See, I, I, I hate that. I shouldn't have to be in an eco mode to meet those sticker numbers. And it's like when I had the GS hybrid, that sucker never left sport plus ever. Just ever, ever. And I still got great mileage out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this thing is a,
2: and I said this in a review too, it's a really competent uh, highway cruiser. Like just in normal mode, um, everything in drive, everything standard the way it's supposed to be, it just feels right on the highway. Um, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it's not susceptible to like highway crowning. Uh, the steering doesn't pull any direction like that when you hit big bumps. Uh, the tires don't exhibit a whole lot of road noise. Wind noise is almost non-existent. So it feels really planted, really solid. Really expensive feeling sedan, um, you know. But at the same time, like I said, you you know, click it over into sport mode, and it does um, it does go down the road a little bit better. No, it doesn't change anything like with the the drive line. All it changes is steering, throttle, shifting, and um, um, your mental faculties. Like, oh, I'm going faster. So,
1: right. well, but, and then uh, the sport plus yeah. does adjust the suspension.
2: A little bit, yeah. So I mean, like it just, um, oh yeah, and yeah, the suspension definitely gets uh, stiffer, yeah. So um, uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun sedan to throw around, and it's it's a five series competitor, so it's kind of big, and that's exciting. So yeah, yeah, I mean, this thing this thing is expensive too. It's fifty seven thousand. So Oof.
0: now here's a question. Um, I always have to ask this question. I ask myself because I do a lot of Acura reviews. <clears throat> How does it feel? Very much Toyota e because so many Acuras feel so Acura like or so Honda like. You know you're driving a Honda product. Do you feel like you're driving a Toyota or does it actually feel premium? Um,
2: it feels on par with every other Lexus product I've been in. Um, now that so Toyota's on par here and Lexus is on par here. Some of the parts are similar, like the like say the cruise control buttons. Uh, the stalks, the way they feel, like on the steering wheel with light and wiper control, but I mean, otherwise they're really two different levels. So I mean, the GS is on par with every other thing that I've had, like uh, you know the RX hybrid, uh, the IS, the ISC. So I mean, yeah, it's it feels like that, but it doesn't feel b- bottom Toyota-ish.
1: So, so I would I would add to that too. Um, I think the GS is the first Lexus that I've been in recently that didn't feel like a Toyota at all, mostly because it's on that rear-wheel drive platform. Yes, so and that's, that's special. Yeah, that, that makes a big difference, especially, again, like out where where I live. When you are to get to the nearest highway, I've got 18 miles of back roads. It's, it's like you can tell a huge difference between this – big large lumpy front wheel drive sedan that's a Toyota underneath versus this bespoke Lexus rear wheel drive chassis that, that it just everything just feels a little bit yeah. better and, and Mark hit it right <laughs> on the money like when you're driving down the highway th- it feels expensive the ES the no, no. Uh, one that's like the Camry Avalon it does not feel that way it just no. feels like a Toyota with extra bits in it the GS feels like money yeah, Very good. and
2: I have to say, my two favorite products so far have to be the GS, and more. I think even more so with the IS. I really like the IS, and it does not in the slightest bit fill Toyota. But like Christian said, you get in the ES, and it's like, I paid extra money for what? This little Lexus badge? And that's it. That's really all it is. I did not like the ES. But, I mean, the GS and the IS, beautiful sedans. And See, they're about rear wheel drive.
1: I've, I've not been in the IS yet, but, yeah, yeah. like... That's that's one of the machines I, I want to drive is because again, it's it's that it's not based on a Toyota, it's like Lexus yeah, it's spent Lexus. money to make it its own thing. Yeah. And and I've seen that when Lexus does that, it gets good. Yeah. And so I want to drive the goodness. Also Cyprien says hi a few minutes ago. Oh, hello. Hi. Uh, um alright. Yeah. I also got to drive something uh, kinda kinda sporty and and uh, rear really wheel drive. Kinda. It was the best thing ever! <laughs> <laughs> I had the keys, and I'm so upset with a lot of things based on my vacation. Because um, they usually come get the cars on Tuesday. We, we get them for one week, and so I went on vacation on Wednesday. But they had some sort of issues with scheduling, and so they didn't come pick the car up until late Thursday night. So I could have had two more days with this car. You suck. I know. Um, and and I, I didn't get them. But I had a Porsche 911 dead base it was just a Carrera 2 with almost no options but i had a Porsche 911 in Guards red with a manual transmission and all is right with the world my friends except for us because we're jealous yes um a lot of times i i really think you shouldn't be jealous this time straight up seriously be jealous um it's oh god so i've i've never been able to get a hold of a 911 before. And it's and it's, it's always one those, like, this is the holy grail of things. This is what every sports car aspires to. And I've driven some incredible machines. And I'm like, it can't really be that much better than this. I mean, hell, the Miata is just about perfect. I'm like, how can you get better than that? And I've driven M3s and all that sort of, sort of stuff. But it's... It is better. It's it's better in all of the ways. Not, not by a lot but by a very noticeable margin. Um, so what is it specifically that you
2: really liked about it? What set it apart from, say, the Miata or something else?
1: Um, so, so it is a Miata plus one in almost every way. So in much the same way that Mazda's little roadster is about feel, this base 911 is all about feel. Every, the way you sit in the car is perfect, um, every sensation you go across the road, you sense in some way. The steering is super tight, super heavy, super precise in just all the right ways. There wasn't a lot of feeling through it. Like Some of my old cars, like my old Porsche 9- 944 that I have, like you can just hold on to the steering wheel, and it vibrates ever so slightly depending on the road surface you're on, and you can sort of tell what's going on with the wheels. You don't get that in this one. I guess because Porsche has finally moved to electric steering. But you get it everywhere else. Like, you feel those slight vibrations through the pedals. You feel that slight vibration through the seat. I can tell if I crossed over onto the paint line. Like, I mean, it's very, very tactile. Everything feels super mechanical. The shift linkage, kind of, it's kind of a long throw, which is the same thing I, I said about the Cayman. Um, kind of a long throw, kind of a long, heavy clutch but you can feel the bite points perfectly. You stand on that clutch, and you know the instant the clutch is engaged or disengaged, even though it's heavy. And nice. the throws for, are, are long, but they're extremely precise. I never missed a single shift once the entire time I had the car, and I put like 600 miles on it. I mean, wow. it, everything just feels perfect, and it's not even entirely fast. Again, like the Miata, this is the base one, so it's got a three-point-four-liter flat-six, three hundred and fifty horse horsepower, and Porsche claims a four-and-a-half-second zero to sixty sprint. So that means it is know, less powerful, less. right? But but that means it's less powerful than a Mustang GT, and it's only about as quick to sixty. So you're looking at like Mustang GT performance, but this car costs ninety-two thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, but I guarantee you the Porsche run in the
1: corners. Well, yes, and so that's what it all comes, comes down to is it's this, like, perfect little collection of driver's cars. Um, funniest thing, you cannot do a burnout. Really? Yes. Why is that? Uh, because it has 11-inch wide tires on the oh. back, and it only has 350 horsepower. So um, you could re- – uh, bouncing it off the rev limiter, and dump the clutch, and the car goes, and you're just gone, and you just smell clutch. (laughs) (laughs) It was insane, and the engine now has been moved so far forward that it's not really rear engine anymore. It's almost a mid-engine design now, and so handling is just so good, and it feels like nothing else on the road because that inertia still is so far back. It's not completely in front of the front axle. It feels different from anything I've ever driven. Like, you can feel that weight sort of behind you moving a little bit. And the best experience in the whole wide world is if you can nail a good throttle blip to down downshift into a corner, as soon as you make the corner and you stand on the pedal, the whole car just leans and squats. And you can feel that back end just bite and basically, like, throw you around the corner. <sighs> it is such a good experience. It's... I mean, the car was not entirely that well-equipped. I had navigation. I had a CD player, uh, you know, Sirius radio, stuff like that. But, like, that's, that's it. I had no sunroof. I had no controls of any sort on the steering wheel. I had leather seats that were heated and power-operated, but that was, like, a $1,200 option. Ouch. Like, I mean, there was nothing in this car. It was just an engine, three pedals, and a manual transmission with seven gears and I was like, "This is all I ever need." It sounds proper. Yeah. How are the back seats? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what back seat? <laughs> um, Aren't they like two little pads put under the floor or something? <laughs> they're they're worse than the back seats in my nine four four. Wow. <laughs> um, they still fold down, and there's still tons of space back there if you fold them down. Um, but uh, I slid the front seat far enough forward that I was slightly uncomfortable driving. And I still had to like assume the birthing pose, to get the seat <laughs> clasped down behind me, and my knees were on either side of the front seat.
0: Why uh, do they even
1: bother? I really don't grasp well, because the that we have. Children, Like, like children will fit fine. Smaller people, like if anyone knows who Jill Sim Sim uh, Jill Simonillo, there we go, is um she mm-hmm. works Chicago Tribune, um she's the girl that does the girl in the trunk stuff. She's like four foot nine feet tall or something. The girl thing. in the trunk. That sounds like a really bad horror movie. That's her that's that's that's, <laughs> that's her Instagram account. Um she she gets in trunks of almost everything that she drives. We've got pictures of her in the trunk of an R8 because she was on the Audi Drive with me for the cross country Audi Drive thing. Um but yeah, she she puts herself in trunks that. and takes photos, and that's how she measures volume. Because apparently someone did the math and she's like one point six cubic feet of volume. <laughs> 2.6 cubic feet of volume, something something like, like that. And so it's like, this trunk oh will jeez. hold three simonellos. Wow. <laughs> She's turned herself into a measurement. <laughs> um, but it's like, she could fit back there. If you had, like, a small 12-year-old, like, they will fit back there. Full-size adults won't. Yeah,
2: well... Don't Google girl in trunk because that's not what you
1: want. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might get a little on of the door with the boys in blue for <laughs> that one. Uh, go to Instagram and it's, I think it's the girl in the trunk. Oh, okay. <laughs> or girl in the trunk. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll just have to. Trust you on that one. Or just Google but, Jill Simonillo. That'll. that'll
0: Mark is now clearing his search history.
1: <laughs> I don't mind <But>, that. <laughs> anyways, the Porsche 9, 911 um, is ninety-two thousand dollars of almost perfection, but that makes it almost four times as much as a Miata. Yeah, I was gonna that say that. How hard than a Corvette Z06? Yeah, makes it more than any Hellcat you can buy. And it's – because I am broken and I've not driven the Z06 yet, at, at, at least with the standard C, C7 Corvette, I've still not driven the C7, but if someone's like, you can have a C7 or you can have the 911, I would take the 911 because I don't care if it's not as fast. I don't care if it's not as loud. I don't care if it's not as good in any – I just – I like the way it feels I love the visibility. Like because that nose is so low, like the front window is huge and you can see everywhere. I just it's everything I want in a car. Lots of things that make it good to drive and lots of nothing else. So I could mm-hmm. if 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 anyone else took the Corvette, I, I I would not blame them. If anyone else took a Hellcat, I would not blame them. If those keys were sitting in front of me, I would walk away with that 911 key every now, single time.
0: Here here's a different way to approach that. If you had $92,000, would you buy the Z06 or would you buy the 911?
1: I would go find a slightly used 911 and buy
0: two. You have two options. You'll, someone gives you $92,000. You can buy this Z06 and keep the leftover, or we can just spend it all on, the, on, a, on a brand new 911 Carrera two.
1: Well, the leftover is only 10, 10 grand on a Z06, so I that's would tires tires. take the 911. Yeah, that's tires. I would no, I hands down. Like I said, I would I would take the nine the uh, the 911. I said hell, I would I would buy two. I would get one for me and one for the wife. I am seriously in love with this car. It's it's just everything I want in in a machine. It's 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 been like so. Here's another way I I think about it. If it's just a Miata but better, and the Miata is the answer to everything, then the 911 is the better answer to everything. Like, like, that's that's how I feel about it, is is it's just the better answer to everything. Yeah,
0: I guess at that point you're kind of paying for the engineering and, and, and all that goodness and not just yeah. the features and speed and, and all that stuff, so.
1: Right, and the back seats fold down, and I can put stuff back there, and the front trunk, the frunk, the frunk is huge. <laughs> I mean, I could fit a couple of small roller bags in the front of it, I mean, like. If I needed to, I so when I went camping this weekend in the Keys, I did take my dogs. If I didn't take my dogs and I didn't take a big cooler to just have a big cooler, I could have packed everything I needed to go camping for the whole week that I was in the Keys in this car. Hmm. I don't know fuel who goes camping is. in the 911. I, d- I, I do want to add that in at the end. So fuel economy is terrible. What oh. is it? <laughs> The sticker says twenty eight.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: um, but oh, what, my 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 one other option besides the heated seats and the sport steering steering wheel is uh, sport exhaust with the little get, get louder button. I went everywhere in third gear. <laughs> third gear is essentially third 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 th- uh, third gear is about twenty one miles an hour to about ninety six miles an hour. That's what third gear covers. I was just always in third gear, just everywhere. Just, bwah, bwah, bwah. <laughs> and I would just floor it when I got on the highway. Floor it from 55 to 70, and then just let off. The car goes bop, 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 bop. And then as soon as I got back down to like 45, I would just stand on it again. Like, <laughs> I would go entire stretches. Like, oh, I need to go 25 miles into town. Bwah, bwah. <laughs>
0: So what you're telling us is you are not a good barometer for this thing's fuel economy. You're not no. a
1: good gauge for it. I am throwing that out there. This, <laughs> it may have been the way I drove it, but I only got like... Maybe. Yeah. It was like 21 and a half or 22 is what I ended up with after 600 miles. <laughs> I also spent a lot of my own money putting gas in this thing. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. But it's 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 really good, guys.
0: Yeah, I definitely have to get a little seat time in some 9 11. I've oh, always wanted, never got. I've ridden I in the old ones, but never had a never chance.
1: I never really to ride. believed that it could be like this thing that you have to do. It really is. It's not miles better than anything you'll ever drive. But if you appreciate what it is, it's this much better than anything else you'll ever drive, and that's good enough.
0: Yeah, and, and and you see that with sometimes when, when us as journalists who haven't driven uh, a 911, when we write like a review on a 911, when we talk about um, about its competitors like a TTRS or something like that, it drives Porsche people nuts because we don't know how the 911 feels and we can't properly explain why the Porsche 911 is better than a TT. All we can say is, well, it's got more power. The TTRS has more power. Hmm? Right, but
1: again, and I can tell you, okay, a Mustang GT is just as quick to 60 miles miles an hour and has way more horse horsepower. I would never in a hundred years take a Mustang GT over this mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I guess I might because the Mustang GT is 30 grand and this is 90, so I could have three of those. But besides the price gap, yeah, well, America,
0: America. Oh, are you going to oh. do one of those and put a whole bunch of money into the engine to make it super fast?
1: Das
2: German. <laughs> Anyway, Justin, you were in something
0: kind of Yes, sporty, yes. Enough.
1: We've all had fun Screw cars this week.
0: Screw you and your 911. I was in a sporty SUV. Woohoo!
1: The old um,
0: one. Yes, the only crossover SUV worth a damn. It's a uh, 2005 Mazda CX-5. Uh, 2005.
1: Oh, wait, that's that's a
0: 2005? That's an old tester. Oh, wow. Yeah, 2005. No. Holy <laughs> <God. Woo. laughs> yeah, Mazda's a little bit behind on their press motors. Uh, <laughs> it was on its way to the crusher, and I picked it up. 2015 Mazda CX-5. Uh, this one was a fully loaded, all the gadgets and gizmos one. Still so got a
2: tape deck in it, Justin?
0: <laughs> no, just AM, FM. Oh, man. <laughs> got a CB in it. Exactly. Uh, this one was the Grand Touring model, which is a top-of-line version with the Grand Touring tech package, which gets you all the goodies like the adaptive lights, lights, um, the bigger wheels, navigation, things like that. Um, and it, it checks in pretty cheap. Uh, even with the, with the Grand Touring package, it's like 30500 bucks. So you get all this stuff and you get really nice leather interior, heated seats, uh, dual climate control, a, a really badass stereo system, um, and a decent engine. It's a Skyactiv-G uh, 2.5, like 184 horsepower, 187 pound-feet. Um, you know, it's no speed demon. Um, it, and was never built to be that way, but it's quick enough at highway speeds. It's very competent. When you go to pass, you're not worrying about if you're going to make the make the pass or anything. It's 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 very good in the mid-level range, uh, mid-level revs. Low revs is kind of yeah, a little bit a little bit bogged down. High range, it's a little bit buzzy. But right in that sweet spot in the middle, it's perfect. Um, and for an SUV like this, because they built it to be a little bit sporty and it handles really well, um, it also has a nice ride, which surprised me. Uh, especially for a small crossover with a tighter suspension like it has. We drove it all the way from Tampa over to Jacksonville. I uh, came right past you actually. Um,
1: oh, gee, thanks, man. I know. We,
0: we we both drove past you and didn't stop by.
1: I <laughs> at least waved as I drove by on the highway.
0: I honked. I did honk. But uh, we drove all the way over to Jacksonville. I had three people in the car, and by the time we got home, one of the people in my car was saying they're going to go look at this car and probably buy it because of how comfortable it was and all the features it has. Um only thing I miss about missing this car in this SUV is a rear seat that slides. That's becoming pretty common nowadays. You know, manufacturers are putting sliding rear seats so you can slide forward when you need more cargo room, backward when you don't when you need more leg room. I had my uh, nephew in the back seat. He's about six foot tall, so he's a little bit cramped. There's like 39, I think, inches of leg room back there. So he's a little bit, little bit cramped, his feet, or a little I mean, bit... 39
1: early. is not bad.
0: It's though. not bad. It's really not bad. But there's so much cargo room back there to slide the seats back. I mean, there's probably two, three feet of room back there that, you, you know, in the cargo area, you could probably eat up six or seven inches of that just to have it slide backward. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe there may be something in the chassis like the uh, shocks or something interfering there that don't allow it to do that. But it'd be nice to see maybe redesign that rear suspension if needed, and maybe make it slide back and forth because the extra the extra legroom would be great, and also the extra cabin cargo room when you need it is great too.
1: Yeah. Did um, the seats recline at all?
0: No, no, the rear seats didn't recline.
1: So like I'm I'm okay with a seat not having a slide function if the legroom is 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 decent, but recline is so good, especially because like if you're tall. Okay, you may not have that leg room, or you may be a little bit iffy about the header. But if you can lean back just a little bit to sort of space yourself out from that seat and relieve some of the header issues, like that's all you really need, and it makes the ride so much more comfortable.
0: Yeah, yeah. it really does. Um, I'm sure they're going to get to that because this. This thing has so many features, and it's such a comfortable SUV, and it's such a—it's a good seller for them. So I'm figuring they have to, at some point, you know, make things like that, like through reclining rear seat and sliding rear seat, and add a couple other goodies here and there. Another uh, thing I didn't really care for is the transmission didn't have a, um, a sport mode; it just had basic old, you know, automatic, and you could actually manually shift it, but it wasn't any kind of sport mode. It was just uh, tap to shift. And also the um, the, the weird thing—I actually screwed up several times doing this. The manual shifter is backward, instead of forward being oh. upshift and backward being downshift, it's backward is upshift and forward is downshift. So it really threw me threw me through a loop for about the first couple miles I drove with that uh with manual mode engaged. It was a little bit strange. Driving down the road. Yeah, I'm trying to think about how that,
1: trying to think about how that goes. Because, like, in my head, that sort of makes sense. Like, if you're trying to speed up to pull back on the shift.
0: Yeah, the but gear, it's... But, but it's backward from every other one I've ever messed with. Yeah. Is it very strange? I don't know why yeah, they
1: did that. It doesn't have the awful Porsche buttons. pushing Yeah, I did, did not like those. Well, no. So, so uh, I don't know if so. Porsche's buttons are are they this way in the in the Panamera? I don't I don't it, remember. The like, panamera used to be Both, were, of them both are up and down. Yeah. No, they were the one that I had the Panamera. Um, you push forward for up and pull back for right, down, so.
2: and they're both the same.
1: Right, yeah, so there's buttons on both sides. But yeah, instead of a paddle, they're, they're buttons, and yeah, you, you push them, either one in, to go up a gear, and you pull them to come down a gear.
0: That is just idiotic.
1: Yeah, no, that, <laughs> that's, that's the worst.
0: Oh, my, yeah, that okay. That's the worst. <laughs> I'm very sorry, Mazda. Yours is better than Porsche's.
1: <laughs> but overall, man, should be sold with three pedals.
0: Ah, you and your three-pedal thing.
1: Um, the 911 is amazing. You shut up about my manual transmission.
0: <laughs> but overall, man, I mean, for 30 grand, it's it's a great SUV. Um, you know, if you're on the cusp of maybe an X1 and you can't quite afford it, this one is is a really good option. Um, it, it misses some things like the ride quality and handling of a BMW, but um, if you just can't quite swing that payment, this is a it's a great option. I mean, five stars across the board in safety, except for rollover, it gets four stars. So. The fuel economy is great, 32 miles per gallon, highway 27 combined. The only issue about fuel economy, and this is true with most cars, but not as dramatic as it is in the the CX-5, from 65 miles an hour to 75 miles an hour, your fuel economy drops like a rock. It drops from 32 miles per gallon, you'll watch the gauge, goes from 32 down to 22 when you hit about 65, 70. The whole way across the state of Florida is 70, 75 miles an hour. So I was pulling 22, 23 miles per gallon the entire way across the state. But I still ended up the week with the, with the CX-5 at 29.2. So really, they really nailed it and in terms of fuel economy. I drove mostly
1: combined. So That is one thing I love about my stupid little golf. I booked it when I got to Florida. So I, I drove straight. I left at like 10 in the morning. We got there at like 1 a.m., um, 46.1 showing on the clock. <laughs>
0: That's incredible.
1: Sticker says 42, and I arrived with 46.1 on the clock.
2: That's that's diesel for you,
1: though. That stupid car is so good. <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and move on to some news, because we've been doing this for half an hour now. Yes. Um, we got a lot of news, too. We do have a lot of news. Uh, I'm going to cover all the stuff that I wanted to cover really quick, because I think it's all really quick. Um, so, ZR1. We've talked, the Zora ZR1, we've talked about it. Mid-engine Corvette, probably coming, probably 700 horsepower. We have created some renders of what we think it'll look like. The big magazines have done some weird renders that you've probably seen on other pieces, and they all look weird, and they all look (laughs) wonky, and they're all overly stylized. We didn't do that. We tried to make one that actually looks like something GM would actually build. So uh, if you want to check that out, go to our site, look at the Zora ZR1 piece. Our render is beautiful. We've got a great front shot, a great... Back shot, and then we have a cool little sketch of the side, really nice stylized sketch. Looks like a million dollars. Some of the design cues come from their uh, mid-engine Le Mans racers, so there's some idea on what the actual sizing is going to be and the you know, yeah. spacing and stuff. So give that a look. Um, I also want to talk about 911 GT3 RS. We have video of a basically a pair of basically undisguised GT3 RS cars that were spotted near Atlanta. Um, somebody, thank you for taking the video, but seriously, don't ever Turn do videos like this. Do them no. like this.
0: Yes. But but here is one issue. Some phones, mine does this. If you start it, if you start to record function in the uh, portrait mode, then flip it to landscape, it doesn't change.
1: Right, because you already started recording.
0: Yeah. But some phones will change automatically for you. So probably what the guy did in the rushing, oh, oh, push it, push her, and took the camera and just, it didn't work right.
1: Well, no, so... Uh, I have an iPhone, and it does that. If I hit record portrait and then I flip it sideways, it still gives me a portrait video, but when I watch mm-hmm. it on my computer, it's a portrait video sideways. Yeah. So um, but but yeah, we spotted those. Um, they've got manufacturers plates on them. They have a massive wing. they've got the scaffolding in the back again, just like the old GT three RS did. Um, center lock wheel wheel nuts. But they have big vents in front of the rear wheels, so people are thinking that maybe they're going to throw a turbo on this thing. We don't know. If that video is on the site, you can check that out. Um, And then we also have spy shots of the Aston Martin, the new 2015 or 16 Aston Martin Vantage bombing around the Nürburgring. Mm -hmm. Once again, not a lot of details. Um, They're figuring this is pumping power to the ground with the new 4-liter V8 that Aston Martin is getting in their cooperation with AMG yep um so expect like a 500 to 525 horsepower aston Martin vantage to arrive soon with turbocharged v8 um and that's about all we know because this is our first set of spy shots
0: keep in mind that i think those spy shots are actually just a test mule so the look of the body don't expect it to they're not going to change much but it's going to look a little bit different than what it what it does in that picture i think
1: right this is this is real early stuff but i just want to go ahead and like this is cool because aston martins are cool and so i wanted to let you guys know that's on the site if you want to check that out as well. Um, but now let's move to Mark, who um, spends a lot of time doing Toyota stuff.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it seems like that's my niche nowadays. Um, yeah, I just got back from uh, Ponte Vidra Beach, which is like swanky, swanky Jacksonville area, uh, driving three cars of Toyota. And they're all...
1: Breaking things.
2: Yes. <laughs> they're very practical oh. cars. <laughs>
0: Sorry about that. Apparently my house is falling apart. <laughs> got big earthquakes in Tampa
2: nowadays, huh? I guess so. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, where was I at? Uh, yeah, three cars. That's a fancy, fancy three place. <laughs> three three cars. Uh, from Toyota. So I got to drive the Camry, the Yaris, and the Swagger Wagon, which is the Sienna. It's a
0: swagger. And
2: um... I hate that word. I you hate know, that. Uh, I I love that commercial. I think it's the funniest thing since <laughs> I don't know, Robin Williams or something, but uh you know all three all three vehicles were really good. Uh all three felt very Toyota-ish. All of the mechanics and everything like that were very familiar. Um I really like the new Camry's um it's the SXS I think trim level and it's like the sportier um, sporterized version so it's got like this fake Alcantara stuff on the door panels some stuff on the seats it's got like 18 inch rims some lower profile tires which they're not really low profile but they're lower um, it's got a little but, different I grill on it and stuff like that so I mean it but looks Mark, pretty
1: good the most, the most important thing does it feel grounded to the ground it is grounded <laughs> to the ground
0: oh I hate that commercial I know it feels like really grounded to the ground
2: yeah. Sorry Mark, I hate to derail continue please. No, no. <laughs> Toyota commercials are the best, right? Yeah. So anyway, um yeah, I mean I I like the Camry a lot. Uh, I got to drive the hybrid version as well, which um just typical Toyota. Like, you know, the hybrid version drives just like you would suspect. Um, gets really good mileage. Uh, in the short loop that I got to do, I didn't really test that because it was like a five-mile loop or whatever like that. So I didn't spend that much time on the hybrid, but I got to spend a decent amount of time in the, in the sportier Camry version. Um, you know, I really like the Yaris, and that's surprising for me to say because it's such a small, dinky little car. But they've done a lot of work on the um, NHV level, so it's got a lot more sound deadening, uh, a lot more insulation, so it doesn't have that big tin can feel that it used to. And it looks really cool. Uh, you can actually get a manual transmission in it, Yeah, and um, you know you can lay the back seats down and get a little more room. So I mean, yeah, it's a pretty cool little spunky car. I mean, if I was looking for a cheap way to get into a car for sixteen thousand dollars, a Yaris is a great way to do it. Um, and the Sienna, I like that too. Um, didn't really have um, any complaints about that one, but um, you know, it is a minivan. But for some people, a minivan works the best. And, you know, if you have kids and all that stuff, then... That's
1: if you, you have need. any kids, a minivan works the best, period. Not for some yeah. people. It works the best. Just because you didn't buy one doesn't mean it's not the best. Well, I'm,
2: I'm not going to go out and buy a new car right now anyway. But uh, the only... So the only I mean, real not compl- like
1: you, Mark, but just like people. People you. watching. Just yeah. because you bought some stupid crossover because, I can't have a minivan! Well, your life is more terrible than it could have been because you bought the wrong damn car. <laughs>
2: All right, well, Rob Baldus knows about that. Um, so anyway, um, the, the, the one major complaint I had about that car was uh, it's got to be the rear entertainment option. Um, so it's got – instead of two massive screens, it's got – or two small screens, it's got one massive one. So it literally – it's like this, you know, big landscape screen – And if you're watching one movie, it's fine because it only shows like you know like a twelve-inch picture here in the center. But if you're watching, you can actually watch two and have two movies side by side in the picture. I didn't try it, but oh my gosh, like ADD, like my eyes would go cross, and I don't know how people would be able to watch one movie and listen to headphones and concentrate on one movie when another one is going on right beside it. You're if I was a kid that would my mind would blow up and my eyes would fall out of my head.
0: Yeah, the Honda Odyssey that I tested had <clears throat> the same thing, this massive 13-inch wide, ultra-wide is what they called it, screen. And I yeah. tried the dual screen thing, and, yeah, my ADD was was uh, twitching pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> when I was this way, and when I was somewhere over this direction, I, I could not imagine watching a
2: movie on that. For a kid, <laughs> it's just retarded. Um, anyway, the you know, of course, it's a minivan, so it's got tons of storage everywhere. Um, this thing really had a pretty decent little engine in it. It's got the three five, but it had some decent horsepower. Uh, it would actually get the van up and moving pretty good. So, um, you know, I liked it. I would buy it if I had you know two or three other kids and needed a place to put them so
0: <laughs>
2: short <laughs> condensed
0: <laughs>
1: reader version
0: kids need a place to put them wow <laughs> what a what a what a child person
1: look kids I only have a one bedroom apartment go live in the van <laughs> <laughs> you know do what you gotta do oh god um, I, I think at that point a condom is what you need to do <laughs> 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 well, luckily, Christian and I only have one kid, so... Uh, yes. Um, I am glad to hear that you like the Yaris, because, like, I'm again, it's it's just me, like, I love fun, little, spunky, small cars. Like, 99% of people, that's all they need, is, like, yeah, a Yaris yeah. or a Fiesta or a whatever.
0: Or the Fit. The Fit, that's what I tested, was awesome.
1: Right, like, and, the well, the Fit even more, because, is. like, the Fit has as much room as my house. Inside.
0: 85 cubic feet of room. <laughs>
1: And, and to give you guys an idea of how much 85 cubic feet of space is, the Nissan Rogue I think just if the front if if the second row seats are are up, the Nissan Rogue I think has 18 cubic feet of space. So take that, multiply it by four, and that's what you get inside of the Fit. So I think,
2: basically, it's like a Ford F one hundred and fifty bed inside of a, a car. You can like put pallets yeah.
1: in, except <laughs> except it's a car that's like the size of a shoe. It's magic. Like,
0: it is hilarious. I mean, when you and actually, I it was an exaggeration. It's actually forty nine point eight cubic feet, which is still oh.
1: massive. But still, twice
0: it's more than of the most uh, crossovers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it like doubles doubles all of its competitors, except like I think the Fiesta is close to it or something like that.
1: I mean, there's just so much space inside the thing. It's nuts. So, yeah, it's very, very good. Wait, you said how much? How much space is it? Uh, 49.8 to so 50. My my Golf has 42.6. That's yeah. a bigger... Uh, yes, and that's bigger. a bigger class of car. So, there you go, folks. <laughs> and that was the Honda Fit, fit not the RS. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's Honda Fit. But, like, I, I just love those small cars because there's plenty of space that really fuel... You know the the fuel economy is great. They have enough equipment in them. A lot of them are really really safe now, and they're just fun to drive. Yeah. Oh man. I will tell you this though: if you don't get the manual, you end up with Toyota's old school four-speed auto. If you buy a small car like that and you're not getting the manual, you're just failing at life because the whole point is to get it really cheap, and the manual is just a cheaper option. Yeah. And it makes it fun and drivable.
0: And actually, I was I was wrong. It's fifty two point seven in the fit. Sorry to to hijack you there. I okay. No, so, all. So, a, so a
1: full ten cubic feet more space in my golf. <laughs> like that's nuts. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're gonna move on more stuff. Um, oh, Ferrari four five eight. It's gonna come with a turbo. We already knew that. New story came out that um, we now have a size ish. It is going to be under four liters. We know that because apparently China has a really strict like tax that's hit on all cars above 4 liters, and Ferrari is not struggling in China but not doing great in China. So they're going to aim to get under that 4-liter mark for the new China.
0: engine. I think that has to do with, with Asia as a whole. China has the biggest one, but pretty much all of Asia has those crazy over 3-point-something liters, and they charge this outrageous tax.
1: So yeah, China <laughs> China has one at 4 liters, yeah. And so Sky is now the biggest car market in the world. Like that's what they're they're aiming for. So again, we don't have a lot more detail on that. Just that four liters. That's our that's our target. Six um, four liter Hemi baby. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, why don't you talk to me about an ILX?
0: <clears throat> an ILX. Okay, go out of order here.
1: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But whatever. <laughs> okay. Oh, unless unless you want yeah, to talk that's about that's
0: okay. Hundred. I got it. I got it up. That's what she said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: Feature trailer. part of the
1: story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, I had a chance to drive the Honda or Honda, yeah, the Acura ILX. I think it was 3 weeks ago, and I loved it, except for a few things. It needed a more powerful engine to compete with the Germans from particularly Audi, That's and it needed Yes, and it needed a dual clutch transmission. Well, lo and behold, a few weeks later, Acura comes out with a press release saying the ILX for 2016 is going to have a new design, which we all know is going to basically be a downsized uh, uh, TLX. Um, And also a more potent drivetrain, which they've already been testing the Earth Dreams turbocharged engine in an ILX. Um, Several people have caught that, so I'm pretty certain that's what's happening here.
1: I hate that engine name too.
0: It's such a silly name, but it's such an awesome engine, also.
1: Earth dreams. Yeah,
0: it's so so silly, but at least Sky Active is kind of cool. Right. But, but my name is Flower Child, and I drive an Earth Dreams Honda. <laughs> yeah, just picture like except a flower,
1: flower Child power. would not have an Acura ILX; she would have the, um, Civic. the element Mitsubishi
0: thing. MIEV or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Ugliest car ever, but um. But don't look for this to have like the 280-ish horsepower that the Earth Dreams engine has. Um, they're probably going to detune this down about the 250 range, just enough to keep it competitive and a little bit above uh, the Audi. Um, the name's escaping. I think it's the A5, if not mistaken. Uh, just, a, just a peck below, above that. And also what I'm thinking is they're going to bring the dual-clutch transmission from the TLX over to the ILX, which is one of the things that I was complaining about, that the 2.4-liter iVTEC engine needs that transmission badly. Uh, just a week after I got the ILX, I got the TSX, and it had the dual clutch and the same engine, and it worked absolutely beautifully together. So I'm hoping this is the case, and that's what it seems like is going to happen. We're going to see the uh, Earth Dreams 2.0 Turbo and the dual clutch come in the 2016 ILX, and it is going to show up in, you know, oh, it's going to be at the LA Auto Show, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I'm LA Auto Show in November no, that's in November, November twentieth. Yeah, no, in January is Detroit.
1: Oh, okay. It's yeah. one a big the American one. of the year. <laughs> yeah, America. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so there we go. Some some ILX stuff. Um, we have, you know, what, let's do a little bit more Mark stuff, then we'll come back to Justin. Um, along with going to drive three Toyotas, Mark also got to drive essentially every single truck and SUV that's being sold in the United States today. And I
0: hate you for it.
2: Yeah, dude, my head is still spinning. Um, It was two days of driving. There were literally 75 competitors there, and uh, we had 60 journalists fighting for keys. And um, it was just hop in a car, drive it for 10 minutes, get out of the car, get in another car, drive it for 10 minutes, repeat, repeat. And – it was nuts. But um, this was for the Texas Auto Riders Association, Truck of Texas, or the Texas Rodeo, whatever they call it. And um, uh, Towel, which I'm a member of, I got to, this is my first uh, truck rodeo I got to go to. So it was really exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, I drove most everything there. There were a couple things that uh, I didn't get to drive, like a couple repeats. Like they had um, like the Ford F 250 King Ranch and then the F 250 Lariat. I'm not going to drive both of those. I'm gonna spend time something else. So, drove one, and and that was it. But um, anyway, long story, long long story short, uh, the F-150 is crowned the king or the truck of Texas, and there were, were a laundry list of other vehicles that won too, because I had I think 18 um, categories that you know we we judged. On, so, like, compact crossover, midsize, full-size crossover, compact full-size SUV, midsize, full-size, compact luxury. I mean, it was just – read the article. You could see how long it is. But uh, really, everybody took home something that was, uh, you know, kind of a good prize. So, like, uh, Ford got the F-150. They also got the best truck lineup. Um, you know, Chevy obviously won the midsize truck category because Toyota and Nissan suck it up in that category.
1: Um well, they don't suck it up. Their trucks are just 4,700 years old.
2: Yeah, I mean the the Forerunner is a great truck for you know 2,000. Right. Um, Jeep Wrangler won the off-road utility vehicle, um, which you know obviously it would. Heavy-duty pickup was the Ram 2,500. Off-road pickup, another win from Ram. That was the uh, the Power Wagon. Power which... Wagon.
0: Power Wagon. <laughs> oh.
2: America, like. It, that's on my radar. That's my next truck that I'm going to uh, do an article on here, and just probably tomorrow. But um, holy crap! Um, out of all the vehicles there that I drove, this is my favorite one for one reason, well, multiple. It was so smooth off road. Um, I've never driven a Raptor, but this is how I imagined a Raptor would be. Like some of the rocks and like the harder, uh, you know, it was flat, but it was very very rough. And you could kind of get speed, but if you got too much speed, the vehicle would just kind of go crazy. The, the the power wagon was not like that at all. It just drove. It felt like a road. I mean, just rocks that were like this big around and stuff like that. It just drove right over it. Um, and, of course, with that massive Hemi, it sounds great. Um, it doesn't drive any bigger than like the other Ram 2500 trucks. So, you know, it doesn't feel small, but it's not gargantuan either. Um, it's got that 12,000-pound winch in the front, lock, unlocking a sway bar, locking axles. It doesn't get much more murica than that. So <laughs> but so you had a good time, and you drove a lot of things. I drove a lot of things. Did you good get to drive a CX-5? They did not actually have one there. Really?
0: Yeah, I'm surprised didn't yeah. bring there. That's that's what I was looking for. Whenever I looked at the list no. of winners, I was shocked they weren't there.
2: No, I on the on the article, I have a list of every single vehicle there, whether it was a repeat or not, just so you can see how many vehicles are there. And no, they did not have it. Um, bump, bump. One of the vehicles that I was a little disappointed in, uh, and it was a winner, which I didn't vote for. It was the uh, the Lincoln MKC, and that was a little
1: yeah. uh, crossover.
2: It looks good on the outside, but I was really disappointed with the interior fit and finish. It does not match. That's cheap Lincoln. It's cheap Lincoln. Yeah. It it does not match the. So it's the a sales cheap, pitch. expensive cheap car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, and like the PRND buttons are on the side by the steering wheel. It just it doesn't it doesn't flow together. Um, also, I was really impressed with the Jeep Grand Cherokee Eco Diesel. It's a great vehicle all the way around, and it gets really good
1: gas mileage too. Yeah, so. I think that might be our next car. Um, really? Yeah, get one. Uh, well, because I figure in two years or so there'll be a fair number of them coming back on lease and just hitting the used lots and stuff. We're probably gonna pick up a just a slightly used Cherokee Eco Diesel. Yeah. So. Well,
2: um, and I also got to drive the the little Cherokee, not the Grand Cherokee, the Cherokee, the new one that looks like Darth Vader.
1: Uh, <laughs> Funky face.
2: The the Trailhawk. Uh, version, that was kind of fun, but the suspension was very rough, um, and it was it just it's a very spunky sporty vehicle, so eh, you know,
1: whatever. All right, uh, we're running a little tight on time, so we're gonna let Justin hit some Hyundai news, and we're gonna move on a bit. That sound good, to you guys? Sounds like a winner to me. Let's do it. All right, okay. Justin, talk to me about some potential sports cariness from the. Oh, okay.
0: Well, apparently, uh, there are some reports from Autocar. They spoke to a uh, <clears throat> Hyundai Motor Europe executive who made mention of uh, Hyundai having some room in its lineup for a sports car. That they There's a, there's a market for a sports car, but they're not sure if they're going to build one yet. So essentially what they're saying is there's a chance, but it may not happen. So it's kind of on the fence, but what we're thinking if they do make it is probably something – based on, not the same as, but based on the really wild-styled Paso Cordo we saw uh, back in Geneva, that wild-looking half-pint-sized P1 that we saw so many years ago. Um, It's not going to look like it, but I'm sure they're going to take some design cues from it, like the the air intakes, the things like that. The wild-like boat tail rear end, of course, (laughs) won't make it in production. Um, But they're just going to take little styling cues from it here and there. The most important thing is what's going to power this car. Um, it's probably going to be the 1.6-liter turbo engine we see in the Veloster Turbo, but the assumption will be is they're going to take from the concept the twin-turbo version of this engine, uh, which in the concept, I believe, was, what was it, 270 horsepower. Cool. Um, but you won't, probably won't see 270 out of it because that's going to kind of encroach on so the
1: 250.
0: Yeah, that's going to come up to the Genesis Coupe, the V6 model, because the four-cylinder coupe is gone, I think, as of next year. Yeah, it is. Um, so that's going to kind of fringe on the on the V6 Coupes. They're going to, like, yeah, tone that down to like 240, somewhere in that range. Um, and if they do make this thing, it's going to be one hell of a sports car. It's going to be super light. Uh, we're, uh, we're talking maybe even a Mazda Miata competitor. Of course, this probably won't be a convertible, but there's so many cars that aren't convertibles that are kind of alternatives to the Miata, like the uh, Scion FR-S and things like that. Um, so we're going to see something similar to the, to the MX-5, but the Coupe model. And it's just going to be a stunning car if... Hyundai can actually do it and it's going to be super cheap and really give the mx 5 and the FRS um, a competitor that they're going to, have to look over their shoulders at because if we know Hyundai they're going to undercut everybody by about 2 to 5000 bucks like they always do.
1: So yeah, yeah. could be could be good. If it happens,
0: yeah, could be. Now this this executive is outgoing. He's on his way, heading over to Nissan, so he could just be stoking the fires on his way out. We really don't know.
1: Him. <laughs> I'm gonna start a mess before I leave.
0: Yeah. Funny. Hey guys, I just told him we're gonna have a sports car. <laughs> Good luck with that one.
2: <laughs> All right, that's funny.
1: Okay, let's go ahead and move on to our questions and answers. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for sending us your questions. You can always leave those in the bottom of the piece in the comments below. That's where we get almost all of our questions from, but you can also find us on Twitter to leave us questions. The podcast account is at TopSpeedPodcast. You can also email us, podcast at TopSpeed.com. Um, so our first question is from Jason. 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 Guys, you think Ford will eventually drop a diesel engine in the F-150, or are they waiting to see how the Ram EcoDiesel does? Yeah. Um, Mark was just driving all kinds of trucks, so that's
2: Mark. Yes, well, I was actually sitting in the seat, uh, in in the in the truck with the chief uh, engineering officer for the F one hundred and fifty, and he has a lot of not anything to say about this, um, but smiles and you know body language tells a lot. So here's here's what I think. Um, they are waiting to see what the eco diesel does. And if you look at how the EcoDiesel is doing now, they have already doubled production in the last uh, what month? They said they were going to have to double the production. Um, now there's talk of GM coming out with a V8 for their full-size truck. They are going to bring out a diesel for the mid-size Colorado. So now Ford is kind of stuck with the whole EcoBoost. Oh look, we're just going to turbocharge uh, gasoline engines. It works so well for us, but now they're kind of they're kind of wondering. Um, I think they are going to play with it. Um, whether they come to market with that or not, I don't know. It would make a lot of sense because the truck is a lot lighter than it used to be, um, and you know, with a small V6 um, turbo diesel, I think they could wipe the competition up. Uh, it would be a, well, it'd be a good competition with the eco diesel, but I don't know. I I hope they do.
0: I think they pretty much have to. I mean, because the eco diesel. I did some research on it. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but just with the addition of the EcoDiesel and the increased sales numbers period for the Ram lately, the Ram is making up a lot of room between it, the, the Chevy lineup and the F-150 lineup. Yeah. It's really making some headway in moving its way up these ranks. I mean, it, yeah. I, I'm trying to find my research. I had it on my computer somewhere. I can't find well, it Well, I know
2: this. that uh, I think it was, it was over the summer, Ram actually surpassed Chevy as the, uh, the sales, number two sales leader, uh, mm-hmm. which has never happened. But it happened, I mean, for the first time. Yeah, the they're,
0: yeah, they're up 31%, and they're within 6,000 units of the Silverado as of last month. Yeah. So
1: 6,000 units. Here's what I think it's going to come down to. Stickers, MP, MPG stickers. If Ford can make an F-150 with a sticker on the window that says 30 MPG without going diesel, they won't have to.
0: But here's the issue. The EPA is tightening up all the regulations at the end of this year, and that's going to screw everybody. The only ones that are going to come out of this clean are the diesels.
1: Yeah. Because right. they're the well, only ones that won't be affected well, by it, this. And but here's that, the thing. That, Go ahead, Mark.
2: Ford is very adamant on the EcoBoost. That, that is what they want to do to, to get their MPGs up. They have that new 2.7 liter V6, um, which is a darling of an engine. It works really well, and I think that's going to be their volume engine. Um you know they still have the uh, the 3.5 liter EcoBoost. So instead of going diesel, you know the turbocharged high-strung V6s are kind of what they're doing. So I don't know if they want to go in a separate
1: um, tangent and go diesel. Uh, you know, it's strange. Well, but so 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 here's my my rough general thoughts on this idea: is 30 mpg. 30 is one of those numbers that in people's heads, like that's a target. Yeah. Like, like the moment I see that is a moment I'm going to jump on this. Now, truck buyers are more likely than any other buyer in the United States to consider a diesel. diesel. That's that's a thing. But at the same time, diesel is more expensive, diesel is slightly harder to find, and there are still truck buyers that are sort of frightened by the idea of diesel. If they can still stick to a gasoline engine, if Ford can get an EcoBoost that is competitive towing-wise, and they can get that 30 mpg to show up on that sticker, that's all they'll need. Because truck buyers will see, well, this is still 30 miles to the gallon, and that's our magic number that people are waiting waiting for. Yeah. And I still get to do gasoline, so I don't have to worry about changing anything. I don't have to worry about accidentally putting gasoline in my diesel truck because I've been having a gasoline truck for 100 years or all that sort of stuff. Anything bad that they ever think about about a diesel is suddenly gone, and they still have that 30 mpg number to, to hit. Yeah, now, so I If will Ford say this. can do that, I don't think they'll go diesel.
2: Yeah, I will say this. Uh, Ford, uh, when I you know, went to the media launch for that – They were touting how that uh, 2.7-liter V6 EcoBoost uh, was made of the same materials as their uh, uh, 6.7-liter PowerStroke. It has a compact graphite uh, iron block and how it was so strong, maybe they'd only have to change the top end. I mean, maybe. You know, I don't know.
1: That's pure speculation on my part. All right, we're gonna go ahead and move on because again we're running out of freaking time. Um, not so mad max. If you were in the market for an under one hundred thousand dollar sports car, it seems you have a lot of options nowadays. Yes you do. What would you pick? I'd get a nine eleven.
0: <laughs> of course I think we you already answered that. Yes, we didn't need you. Well, I would go uh, an SLK a- AMG SLK fifty five.
2: Okay.
0: Well, Seventy uh, some thousand bucks, plenty fast enough and convertible hardtop. Happy.
2: Mark? Yeah, you know, I, I'd have to do some driving first, but
1: uh, it's either the Hellcat or the the Corvette. Oh, I lied. I'm not gonna get a nine uh, 911. I'm gonna get a 911 S. It's ninety eight thousand dollars. <laughs> there you go. Which means I have four hundred horse horsepowers instead of three hundred and fifty. <sighs> I'm car sorry, has crank really like windows too because it has no options. But again, my my that I drove had almost no options. I had the sport exhaust. I had seat heaters and a sport steering wheel, which, from the best I can tell, is a little less plastic and less buttons. That was all the options on my car. Wow.
2: Okay.
1: And I and I didn't miss anything. I was totally happy with it. All right. Um, so that's that mm-hmm. answer. Um, crazy egg. Considering the Asterion won't see production, where would you guys stuff that awesome powertrain if you could put it in any car you want? Uh, I'd probably put it in the Porsche 918 because that's what it came out of.
0: <laughs> you know, you're wow, wow, wow. you know, fun. You know, I'm going to put it where it belongs in the Audi R8. That's, Ooh,
1: that's a clever one. Yeah. I do have to say it would be sweet as hell to have a Golf R with that drivetrain. <laughs> <laughs> It had to be all drive, dude. <laughs> well, the Golf R is, but instead of yeah. 350 horsepower like the Golf R has now, it, it it would be, or instead of three 300 that the Golf R has now, it'd be 900.
2: Yeah, That's perfect.
0: Could, be, could you imagine a four four wheel burnout? Wow, <laughs> smoke. You can click your finger fast enough on a stopwatch to get to do your 60 time.
2: <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic.
1: I would take it to Africa and cure malaria. I would just do a huge burnout and smoke out the entire country and chase off every mosquito ever. You can come <laughs> to my house content. and do that too. What? Yeah.
0: yeah, come down here in Florida and do that. We need it.
1: Yeah, I had some fairly bad issues with mosquitoes in the Keys. Um, so, yeah, Mark, what would what would you put it in?
2: Oh, dude, I don't know. That's, the R8 is a great answer. That really is. I, I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, and I'm okay with it being in a Lamborghini, just not a – Comfortable high speed cruising Lamborghini. <laughs> because no, comfortable high speed cruiser is not Lamborghini. Ah, my hair's on fire! Is Lamborghini. <laughs> Audi does high speed <sighs> cruiser. Yeah. Which is awesome. Alright. Alright. All right. Last question from Sway says Nice episode. Thanks. Uh, did you get to play Drive Club? Did you get to play Drive Club? yet, Christian. Would love to hear your thoughts on the game and how it does compared to Ryzen 2. I don't have a PlayStation 4, so no, I didn't get to. That was easy. But- uh, <laughs> I, would, I would love to tell you. Um, from what I've read on reviews, it's really, really terrible because the servers are still broken, so you can't actually play any of the online stuff that's supposed to make it so special. So, uh, Finally, let's end the show with our own drive burn. This week, we have from Paul Green, Three super sedans for Own Drive Burn. He says nothing special. The SRT Charger Hellcat, the Mercedes Brabus Rocket, and the Aston Martin Rapide. Price difference between the Hellcat and the rest is outrageous. So um, this week we're going to try and do something slightly different for Own Drive Burn. We're going to try and guess what each other's going to say. Uh, and I'm going to start by guessing what Mark is going to say. I believe Mark is going to own the Hellcat because Merka. I believe he is going to drive the Brabus rocket because nine hundred pound-feet of torque, and just because the Aston Martin is the least interesting of them, I think that's the one that he would burn. Am I correct?
2: Yeah, that's clever. I'm, um, you know, I kind of want to drive the Aston Martin because you know, like James Bond and stuff. But yeah, I can't argue with nine hundred pound-feet of torque. So yeah, I guess that's, I guess you got me.
1: So all right, Mark, what do you think Justin's gonna pick?
2: All right, well, Justin is going to own and drive every day of the week the Barabbas Rocket, because um, it's ridiculous. He is going to burn the Aston Martin, and he's going to drive the
0: Hellcat once. Ah, so close, so close. I want to own the Charger Hellcat, only because having worked in shops all my life, I know what Mercedes are like, and I don't want to touch that Barabbas after it gets <laughs> 70,000 miles and grenades into a 1,000 pieces. But I do want to drive it once and beat the living the hell out of it. No, so drive that one time because, like you said, 900 foot-pounds of torque, 720 horsepower, yeah. And the Aston Martin Rapid, yeah, just the least interesting. I, I just, no, nah, nah. Aston, especially a Ford or Aston, just doesn't do it for me. <clears throat> so, okay, Christian, this, one, this one's fairly simple, I think. You are absolutely obsessed with Aston Martin, so you're going to own that and drive it every single day of your life. Um, the Brabus, ooh, these two. You're going to say the Charger Hellcat is too fast and doesn't handle well enough, so you're going to burn that. Too much horsepower. Yeah, too much power. It doesn't handle... See, but but both of them have a lot of power. But the Charger Hellcat is the big lead sled that goes in a straight line really, really fast. So he's going to burn that, I think, and drive the Brabus rocket once.
1: You're incorrect, sir. Ah! Okay. Uh, I am going to burn the Brabus, because I don't like tuner cars, I think the Brabus looks kind of ugly, and yeah, it's fast, but I've driven fast cars, whatever, it's 8 years old or 10 years old, and it's just a tuned Mercedes. Um, I would drive the Hellcat, because, yeah, um, seriously, a 707 horsepower sedan, most powerful sedan in the world, fastest sedan in the world.
0: But it does have a manual
1: transmission. I know, but neither does the Brabus Rocket. Yes, it does. Does the Rocket have a manual?
0: I no, the Charger that. doesn't. No, the Charger doesn't. The, hell no, can- the Challenger. No, the Challenger has the manual. The Charger never will, never has, never will have an, a manual transmission.
1: Yeah, the Charger is the automatic.
0: The doctors made that crystal clear they will never put a manual in the Charger. Yeah,
1: well, that sucks. Yes, yeah. it does suck. But so I would burn the Brabus, I would drive the Charger, and – you can say everything you want to about my love affair with things that are sexy and beautiful, like Aston Martins. But if that Aston Martin drives anywhere near as good as a Porsche uh, Panamera does, like if it's half as good as a Panamera, it's owning and driving every single day.
0: Okay, well you can you can go and drive. You well you said the Brabus Rocket is what nine years old. The Aston Martin Rapide's fun and nine year old older than that chassis and engine and transmission.
1: Well, yeah, but I can still go buy one brand new. <laughs> yeah, but you're getting a. Just
2: just if because I went to drive a year, rocket
1: today. If 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 I found a Brabus rocket to drive today, it's going to be old. It's going to be beaten. It's going to be three miles away from that massive explosion that you know is going to happen.
0: This is true. <laughs> but still, you could drive a. I don't know. I don't know exactly what year the rapid came out. But you could drive one that's a few years old. And it's going to drive the exact same as the brand new ones. So you could drive that. You can burn that and just drive another one.
1: Yeah, whatever. I'm going so to to a Ford dealership and get it repaired, right? <laughs> See, super easy to have worked on. I'll just drive it to Ford.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. You take it to a Ford dealership, and they're going to charge you like $150 an hour to fix it.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. I can still take it to Ford to get it fixed. I don't have to drive to it.
0: Yeah. Oh wait, let me put let me put my Aston Martin shirt on real quick. Okay, labor's $150 an hour, sir. <laughs> That's
1: fine. I have an Aston Martin. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Anyways, that's been our show, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, I I hope you enjoyed listening to how much uh, Justin and Mark are wrong about everything in life. Um, (laughs) Seriously. I will stab (laughs) you.
0: will will stab you through the interwebs.
1: I will hit you with a stone coaster with horses on it. Nay. (laughs) Nay, sir. Don't hit me with your horse coaster. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's
0: end the show.
2: <laughs> ah, that was actually okay, really good. Let's
1: kick it in. Yep. so thank you guys very much Again, please leave questions, comments, concerns all sorts of stuff, if we're doing a good job let us know if we're doing a bad job let us know You can drop all those in the comments below as always we appreciate everyone who tuned in to watch us uh, especially live we love everyone who listens and watches later even if the other two say they don't love you as much I still love you the same um, and yeah questions, comments, concerns please drop those in the comments we need questions, we need own drive burn suggestions our shows are good because of you guys so please keep giving us that stuff As always, you can find us on the Twitters. The podcast account is just TopSpeed Podcast. You can find me at Moford. That is M-O-E-F-E-R-D. Justin is at The Car Junkie. Mark is at Mark McNabb. And we love all of you guys, and we want you to come and hang out with us again next Thursday. Have a super safe Friday. Have a super awesome weekend. We're going to mute our mics. We're going to play some music, and then we're going to say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.